You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with your cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Tonight we got a special guest. Jeffrey the Greek of the Eyes on Big Podcast is joining us to talk all things Big Ten football here. So, what's up, Jeff? What's up, Justin, Derek, Tyler? Always happy to come on the CuzCast. Let's have some fun tonight. Uh, we got a hell of a show today. There's a lot of things going on in Big Ten world today. So I know you were just dying to talk some Big Ten football anyway. So Always, always. Can I ask you guys one question before we get going? Yeah. Um, you guys just had a, a Nebraska podcast award show that you guys attended recently, correct? That is coming up on August 19th. It's coming up. Okay. Yes. Okay. It hasn't happened yet. All right. So, so I'm, voting I'm just, closed. I just – I. Voting is closed. I, I every chance I had to vi- to vote for the Cuzcast, I, I went straight Cuzcast ticket on on mine. I just wanted I want to make sure you guys know that. I, we, appreciate we appreciate that. that. Yep, yes. yep. I hope especially have- for especially for best arguments. If you guys don't win best argument for for the podcast, you know I don't know if it'll be the Ogallala judge or I don't know who's screwing you, but that that one you absolutely deserve to win, and and I'm throwing a fit if you guys don't win that one. <laughs> well, I hope you had a thousand Gmail accounts to uh, vote. So <laughs> <laughs> I told all my friends to vote. Hopefully they did. Awesome. Well, uh, early this morning we knew that the Cleveland.com they uh, released their Big Ten preseason poll. And just to recap here, I just want to get your thoughts real quick. We don't have to spend a lot of time, but I want to know the surprises. Going with the East, uh, number one, Michigan, two, Ohio State, three, Penn State, four, Maryland, five, Michigan State, six, Ruggers, and seven, Indiana. Were there any surprises that stood out to you out of the East? Zero, right? I mean, this is exactly what I would predict. The only thing that was up for debate in the East was was Rutgers or Indiana going to be sixth or seventh? That's that's it. I I, I think I pretty much anybody that follows the Big Ten somewhat, you know, regularly could have probably predicted how that was going to go. I'll say this: I was I, I wasn't necessarily surprised. The one thing that maybe threw me for a loop a little bit. I thought the voting would be a little closer between Ohio State and Michigan. Fair enough. Yeah, <clears throat> Michigan had 27 first place votes. Ohio State had eight. And Penn State had two. So I mean, is- when you're when you're two years in a row that you've won the Big Ten and you're the only one that has a returning starter of those top three teams, I would say those are the big reasons why Michigan is and should be the prohibitive favorite in the Big Ten. That's fair. Jumping to the West, number one, Wisconsin with 20 first place votes. Number two, Iowa with 16 first place votes. Three, Minnesota with one first place votes. Four, Illinois. Five, Nebraska. Six, Purdue. Seven, Northwest. Western. Uh, anything stood out to you there? Any surprises? Not not huge surprises. Uh, kind of just where were they going to slot some of these teams? Um, I mean, honestly, these writers. Like, first of all, how does the Cleveland Plain Dealer get the the vote in this thing every year? I've never 
completely understand if there's a process behind that, but I think these guys just write Wisconsin in in the West every single year. I, it wouldn't even matter what happened the previous year. That's just how it goes. Um, I figured, I, I thought maybe there was a chance Iowa would be first, but honestly, I assumed it would be Wisconsin. Um, I I did think Illinois would would sneak up to third, and I was I don't want to I don't know if I want to say surprised. But it would not have surprised me had Illinois been third and Minnesota fourth to flip-flop those. Um, also doesn't surprise me to see Nebraska in front of Purdue, but that was my other debate, who would be fifth and sixth, Nebraska or Purdue. And then certainly no surprise to see Northwestern last. I mean, it, it, that was the one thing that we knew for sure what, what team would be slotted in the West. Well, it's interesting you talk about Northwestern uh, here. I'm just going to segue into this. Big Ten Media Days is coming up uh, on July 26th, the two-day event, which I always look forward to because this is our unofficial start to, to college football season. But we find out today Northwestern is not going to Big Ten Media Days. Your reaction? And can I ask you, because I had a busy day yesterday and today, is it the, nobody from the team is going or just not the players? Players or coach, they are sitting out completely because they do not want to, with the big distraction that's going on there, uh, they they just want to focus on their team and their football team. They had a statement, uh, long wordy, just saw to say, we're not They going. did have a statement, but it is interesting because I the the way I heard it reported uh, to the question is that everyone was sitting out, but the statement was only signed by the players. So that's where okay. the, the I, I saw it reported that the whole team is not attending, but the players only signed the statement. What I have heard, and it makes sense, it is the university. I know I know the team is focused, but the university is like you are not getting up there saying something stupid in the middle of this lawsuit. Yeah, without but, with an interim head coach, why would you? Yeah. Like but, one slip of the tongue, that's a lot of money for that private university. So we'll find out I think, uh, Thursday I think that's because an they're slated point. on Thursday. Yeah, I, Tyler, I think that's an excellent point. What I was going to say is something along the lines of somebody was, you know, making decisions for them, and then you look at, US, I know they're Northwestern players, so they're you know, probably level up as far as intelligence uh, for your common football player. With that being said, they're still 21, 22-year-olds. And then you have an interim coach who has just been thrust into the situation. So none of those situations, you know, brand new spanking interim coach, younger guys, probably not the people you want speaking in this situation so I get that. I get the lawsuit part, but it's a great, great point by Tyler. With that being said, I don't know. Be a leader. Like part of life is understanding you still have to represent your brand, your company, your team when the chips are down. That was my first reaction. Like somebody represent, represent. So even if it's the athletic, I don't know, but I feel somebody should be there. And you it don't feels, even have to give an opening chi- statement. Scott Frost didn't. Okay. Justin, it feels, just a, little, it feels <laughs> a little chicken shit-ish, don't it? Like, it does. Well, so, can, so I, you know, obviously you probably have been following Big Ten longer than we have. And, and the Big Ten is not shy of scandals from something as severe as the Sandusky scandal to something a lot more mild with what's going on at Michigan today. 
Have you ever heard of a team just opting out of media days? Okay, let me first say, I, I, I understand there has been things that have hit, you know, Twitter and whatnot as far as announcements in the Big Ten that are black eye, okay? Um, Penn State notwithstanding, okay? Penn State notwithstanding. Every one of these things that have gone out are all stupid crap. Like, you look back on it now, the Ohio State tattoo scandal, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding that, me? I thought that was way, even when that happened, I thought that was way too much of a punishment for what was going on. I mean, Jerry Tressel got drunk in, My gosh, they, they traded in their bowl apparel. And, and I, you know, not to be big timey here, but like, I went to enough bowls that I, and, and my brother went to bowls too. They just load you with junk. You know, it's just a ton of stuff that you don't want. And at so to trade that stuff in for a tattoo is the <laughs> lowest level of bartering. That stuff, and I'll use that as an example, the Michigan stuff I, I that's, you know, hit today, I, I would put that in the same boat. And I did on Twitter. I, I said, it, these are the same things. These are nothing burgers, pardon the pun, because he bought cheeseburgers for his players. Like none of this stuff would ever get reported in the SEC. You know, we know that they wouldn't get reported in Texas and Oklahoma. It is ridiculous. The Big Ten self-reports on itself harsher than the NCAA reports on the SEC. And I'm tired of it. It's the quote unquote scandals. He bought cheeseburgers for a couple recruits that could turn around and get Eighty thousand dollars in NIL money. What are what are we doing here? So, well, just just to go back on what you said, maybe that's why Nebraska don't go to bowl games. They don't want all that trash anymore. Well, <laughs> we got to like win that. games. So, would you talk about buying cheeseburgers for the recruits? Who are you talking about? Harbaugh. Sorry, I, I, Harbaugh. Yeah, I was I'm maybe referencing something a little deep there, but that's essentially what went on. Is during the you know goofy 2020 years uh, for the pandemic, there were some recruits that were in, and I don't know exactly the details, but um, Harbaugh saw them at the restaurant and like sat down with them and had contact and apparently bought him cheeseburgers. So, and but, but but was it he, part of that the not just the the offense of buying the cheeseburger? It is not cooperating with the investigation. Well. So uh, granted, this is the ESPN, but it was like he was uh, uh, in the dead period during COVID. That's when he wasn't allowed to have communication with them. And there was there was I'm not saying we're we're about to get to the suspension and what it means for Michigan this year. But like I'm not the punishment does not fit the crime. I I am with you there. But I, I think if the allegations are semi more serious than just. Buying a couple hamburgers for uh, well, it's it's about the lying about it and not cooperating with the investigation. Kind of like Jim Trestle, he just lied about it. It probably wouldn't have been as severe had he come out and said, "Yeah, the players did that." But the fact that you're lying and covering it up, which it sounds like that's what Jim Harbaugh was doing at Michigan today. So so it's okay to lie to recruits, but not the NCAA. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, these are all good points. Um, I, the, 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 you know, little details with this is that there was an ex-Michigan staff, guy on the staff, 
that they kicked off the staff for doing stupid crap. And I think it was the guy that had the weird stuff on his computer. I, if, if I'm putting this together correctly. So he got ticked and called this in to the NCAA about this, this. So this is, you know, what a web we weave type of stuff. Um, and then the NCAA comes to uh, Harbaugh 2020, 2021. I'm not exactly sure, you know, not long after this goes down. And this is where I stand with Harbaugh. Harbaugh, looked him right in the face and goes, are you kidding me? With all of the stuff going out there, you're going to question me on buying three cheeseburgers for recruits? Pound sand and probably took a big swig of whole milk right in front of him and told him to get out of his office. Like, I support Arbaugh. This is stupid. And, like, that's my stance. Like, And my stance is if everybody was following these rules like this, then abide by the rules. The SEC is not following the rules like this. We, we've seen Georgia players doing drag racing, almost killing people in the street. Nothing's going on there. Tennessee forcibly turned in their own coach to get them out so they could fire them with cause. They're not. They're they're not gonna. Get, they're gonna get up. What they uh, 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 had to give up some wins. You think anybody cares about that? That doesn't affect recruiting or anything. That's what I'm talking about. Like it's it's a it's a catch to, uh, 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 double edged sword with how it's attacked with this. Sorry, I don't mean to get up on a pedestal in this, but it's just stupid. And and I stand with Harbaugh with him being defiant. And, you know, I like my tweet today was like somebody said on the radio, this is a big deal for the Big Ten or for the for Michigan. No, no, it's not. This is a big deal for Harbaugh. And guess who doesn't give two bleeps? Harbaugh, he don't care. So do you think Jim Harbaugh will be there at Big Ten Media Days this week? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And this is going to come up, and we'll probably get a great Jim Harbaugh response. It'll something goofy will happen. <laughs> you're, you're right. That that I don't know what it's going to be or what he's going to say, but it'll be it'll be odd. What are the odds that he drops a four letter word during that response? No, I don't think he's like that. That's like he's too old school and respectful like that. He will just say something without saying anything at all. And it will somehow come off as awkward and funny because I mean, that's what he does. That's just as in his DNA. So, so moving outside of Big Ten media days, kind of the four game suspension. What does that actually mean for Michigan? I mean, we've all seen the schedule who they play. What does that mean for Michigan? I, I, I think nothing. I mean, I looked it up because I was curious. They're 34-point favorites over their first uh, 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 team, ECU. UNLV, Bowling Green, these are some of the worst group of five teams in the country. And then they play Rutgers, who's in the team picture for one of the three worst teams in the Big Ten. So, like, they might not be anything less than two touchdown favorites over any one of those four teams. The only thing that's that sucks is Harbs doesn't get to count that in his record book for wins. Yeah, that's and, and, that's about it. So, so just to clarify, the the suspension does not impact practices. This is not a no. complete one month suspension. It's just game. So the the after the four game suspension, the headline is his return is Nebraska. So we're, we're, yep. we are seven weeks away, eight weeks away from that game. So a lot ahead. But what does that do? Does that 
I mean, not not that Nebraska had a great chance in that game anyway, but does that just like does is the emotion going to be too much for Michigan with everything with that, or is that just going to be pure rocket fuel? I just honestly, I don't think it means hardly anything. Nothing. I, 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 it'll be a storyline that week. Jim Harbaugh returns to the Michigan sideline, and then the game's going to kick off, and that's it. I. I Nothing. It, it would mean more if he wasn't there because that's their first step up and Michigan's first step up in competition. But no, the, after those first four games, all of them are in Ann Arbor. You know, now he's back for the Nebraska game. So, yep. so, so, in I'm gonna put, so I'm going to put some words in your mouth, but you have Michigan beating Nebraska by 21 points. Does that change at all because of the circumstance? I, I'm just throwing out a random number. You, you don't think gotcha. that spreads okay. anything different? Yeah, that, no. that that spreads anything That's a different. Great, that is a great way of asking that question. No, okay. I do not. I do not think it makes a point of difference. Okay. Right, one more last question. So Harbaugh has flirted with the NFL. Does this set him over the top? Is he the coach in 2024? I, I mean, these are awesome questions, but like, it's like asking my four-year-old a question. Like you might ask him today and he would give you an exact opposite question four hours later or tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like with Harms, this could wind up motivating him to stay more, you know, yes. just to stick it to the NCAA and the big 10. Like I, it's, it, I couldn't make, I couldn't uh, make my mind up or give an answer for Harbaugh. I think any, any better than Jim Harbaugh could. All right. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on Big Ten Media Days this week or anything that you're looking forward to this week with that? Um, I just I, I'm with you guys. Um, I'm not going to sit here and watch, you know, the entire Big Ten Media Days. Um, it's nice that Twitter can clip up and show you the best parts, you know, so that you don't have to sip through the entire thing. But I turn it on. It, it's like something to have on in the background and to listen to, you know, when, when you kind of record it. So, um, you know, the Northwestern thing, it's going to be interesting to just see how the big 10 network reports on the lack of, you know, um, uh, Northwestern not being there. Um, you know, we don't have any real new coaches in the big 10 this year, um, outside of rule and fickle. Uh, well, I, I take that back. Rule Fickle and Purdue. So seeing those three, those three teams, um, uh, with their coaches, it'll be interesting to see what they say. But outside of them is what I meant to say. You know, not a ton of new faces. Uh, so we've kind of been there, done that with the rest of the coaches. All right, let's shift gears here to talk about the top quarterbacks in the West. I want to hear your ranking because this is a crazy year in the Big Ten West with the quarterbacks. There's uh, six transfers that are projected to be starters at these uh, teams. And the only one that is returning that's played with this team, uh, and I'll, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm going to pull a Tyler here. Uh, Ethan Kaliakmanis from Minnesota. Close. Did I say that close. right? Help me out. Ethan Kaliakmanis. That was close. Nice. Kaliakmanis. Okay. All yeah. right. So uh, I'll let you go ahead and rank these. I know you poured over this. You've been very studious on this. And yes. I want to know because – the cousins here, we have, we've been, we debated this. So, uh, Derek and Tyler, they were in Waco this past weekend for my daughter's uh, wedding. So we talked a lot nice. of football when we could, and we had a big, huge argument or 
discussion on on uh, the, the quarterback. So I am very, very curious on how you rank these. Please. Okay. I Again, um, when I sat down to do this, I was like, no problem. And then I actually, you put the names in front of you on the list. And I will say this. I put them in, in essentially three categories, the top three, the middle, the, the next three, and then the bottom one. Okay. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to say the bottom one first. I put Ben Bryant from Northwestern on the bottom, mostly because I don't, I don't know what you can expect out of any Northwestern quarterback. So he's a little bit guilty by association. Um, he's moving up to a big boy conference. There's just too many questions. So he, he finished last for me. Okay. Um, so then outside of that, um, we'll go, should we do top? You want me to do top three to start out with? Okay. It's up to you. Okay. I put Tanner Mordecai one. Um, and the thing is, is like, I, when I set out to do this list, okay. I thought I was going to have the first and second quarterbacks ranked lower. And then you start looking at the list and I just can't do it. Okay. So Tanner Mordecai, he's got big stats, you know, like he put up big stats and I've seen enough film and enough people talking about him that he, the kid does have talent and he's got an arm. I think when you have 70 touchdowns or whatever he has, you got to put him number one. Okay. Now the next two, I want, I want you guys and your listeners to understand I flipped back and forth a couple different times. If you have these two guys ranked differently than me, you're not going to huge a bit, a, get a big argument, but I've got Cade McNamara second and Jeff Sims third. And then not, and I, and then we have a break here. Okay. So those are my top three, Mordecai McNamara and Sims. What, what I would say is the big difference between McNamara and Sims is one is one a big ten championship. Okay. We've seen him able to pull it off in this conference. That is something that means a lot to me. Sims, I think, actually has more talent than McNamara, but haven't seen it in the Big Ten. And you know, he's got to bring the interceptions down and stay healthy. Um, so I'll pause right there. How am I doing so far? With me, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Tyler and Derek. Tyler, they disagree. D- Derek, you yeah. go first. Well, I, I will tell you. I'll tell you this. This will probably come, as a, come off as a shock, but looking at statistically, I, you have Jeff Sims too high. Hmm. That that's not my reaction. My reaction is is, is T- kind Tanner of Mordecai. Jerk. The only thing. I, this is one thing I'll say about Tanner Mordecai. Statistically, he looked probably like the best quarterback, and I and I see where you're coming from. But when you're looking at the competition that he played compared to what he's going to be playing now, I, it makes me wonder how he's going to play. And seeing how he played in the spring Agreed. game, and I know you can't judge him solely off the spring game because Jeff Sims didn't look great in the spring game either. But seeing him in the spring game made me kind of wonder if maybe the the, the big house or the big conference is going to get to get to get his head a little bit. It can, and and I, I know I know it's not the end all be all, but can we point to wins? And, and again, Jeff Sims, we're not even arguing, but Mordecai. Yeah, him at SMU went a total of uh, 14 and 10. He was barely over 500 at SMU, and now he's supposed to come into Wisconsin year one is and change that. I so, so that 
the shocker of this is probably you were expecting us to jump on you on Jeff Sims. We're all in agreement. The, the disagreement, the argument with Justin drooling over Mordecai all weekend. He has a poster of him in his room. It is <laughs> it is insane. He He's like, this guy is a role model for children. And I'm like, Justin, get the hell out of here. He played at SMU and was barely above 500 through 20-some interceptions there. It, and you think he's going to dominate the Big Ten? It's scary seeing Justin's room. He's got pictures of Tanner Mordecai, Scott Frost, and Megan Gyllenhaal. That's that, not even that's, <laughs> deep, deep cuts. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Hey, we better uh, leave so it. my my daughter is going to get two references in this episode, and she doesn't even listen. But Tanner Mordecai went to the same high school that my daughter did. He graduated a year ahead of her. He went to he was okay. recruited and uh, by Oklahoma, four star kid went to Oklahoma. Didn't make there, but you know Oklahoma's had some good quarterbacks there. I don't know if you paid attention. So he transfers to SMU, fucking knocks it out of the park, and there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to go to Wisconsin and he's going to kill it there because, oh. I mean, think of Wisconsin these past years. They've done it with some really bad quarterbacks. This dude's he's going to he's going to do it with well. The same quarterback. So hey, real quick, real quick, Derek, who, Graham Murch is a five-star quarterback. <laughs> Derek, who's your top three? Uh, I mean, I, honestly, I'd probably go Kate McNamara first. Then, then, then I'd probably, I mean, I'm not t- totally crapping on Kate or uh, Tanner Mordecai. He's probably number two. Number number three, I. I, I okay, it's, so, it's 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 tough. I, I right. would almost go maybe Tyler. Uh, how about Hudson Card from uh, or what's his name okay. from Purdue? I think you got the top three right. I just think that it is a clear number one Cade. I think Sims is right there with number two with Mac. I, I think I think that's Mordecai, not McNamara. But I think Mordecai Sims are right there for number two. We, I joked about this with the guys, and I said we're we're walking into a Big Ten season, and compare, you know, obviously when the, the I, I don't want to disrespect Minnesota here, but fuck PJ Fleck and what they do, but uh, but. Uh, but when we entered the Big Ten West, it was supposed to be Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin were the big three. And since we've done this, obviously that hasn't come to fruition. But this is the first year Nebraska has the worst quarterback of the three. Or is debatable. I mean, I think Nebraska, I mean, Casey hmm. Thompson, I think was better That's than Pete. I, I think this is the yeah. first time that we've been in the West that it is even a conversation well, that we have the worst quarterback of the three. And if you're... Okay, over the last two or three years, I agree with that because Wisconsin's had Mertz and Iowa's had Petras. So, yes. so you've had the better quarterback over the last three years. Now, that gets into debate with Minnesota because again, Tanner Morgan, Tanner Morgan was you uh, yeah, know pretty yeah, good quarterback. I'm just talking about and the top. Th- I'm just on the big, the, the quote unquote big three. Yes. Those three. Then, if you go back further, there's more debate. Like Nate Stanley was a better quarterback than I think you know, people give him credit for it. And there was more debate, you know, the further you go back last three years, not much of a debate, Iowa and Wisconsin's quarterbacks have been God awful. Um, But what I find interesting is, so Justin's the only one that agrees with that wholeheartedly agrees with my top three. With that being said, I agree more with Derek and Tyler in that I have questions with Tanner Mordecai. Okay. Like this is not a, bullet point definitely number one honestly you can jumble up those top three 
and I'm not on any given day, I might give you a different answer. Um, and I want to say this, I know, you know, everybody knows I'm an Iowa fan. This is a Nebraska podcast. I'm not as in love with Cade McNamara as most Iowa fans are. I certainly think he's an upgrade over Petrus. I think he's showing amazing leadership skills, but raw talent and just incredible between the lines quarterback play. He's good, but I don't think he's quite as good as maybe, you know, a certain section of the Iowa fans are saying he is. All right, so we know you're one, two, and three. What is your four, five, and six? And again, uh, you know, levels, you can mix any, do any three of these in order, and it wouldn't, you know, make, be crazy for me. I put Ethan Kalikmanis four, Hudson Card five, and Luke Altmeyer six. Here's the funny thing. Luke Altmeyer could walk out in a Purdue uniform and Hudson Card could walk out in an Illinois uniform. I don't think I would even be able to tell them apart. I, I I know them. And and then you look at all three of those guys, their fans for each one of them have, have heard great things on how they've looked to practice and their talent. But I had to put them down a level from Mordecai McNamara and Sims. Why? They've got no experience, you know? Like, so there you go. I, I just put each one of their names in a bag and pull one out one at a time. And and that's fair. I, I think you could probably do that with most of the big 10 West quarterback. I, I agree with your Northwestern quarterback being last. I get, I didn't even remember his name when you said it. I'm like, Oh, he must play for Northwestern. And, and, when you and said people it. talk about, and people talk about, he looked pretty good at Cincinnati, but why didn't Luke fickle even remotely think about bringing him to Wisconsin? Like that's a warning sign for me. Yeah. And then, the fact that he's going from a, a group of five to a, a big 10 school, like and a new offense with no weapons around him. That's in utter chaos. Like it's he's last for me. Well, but, and, and let's face it. I know we're just talking big 10 West quarterbacks, but if we were talking the whole conference, none of these guys would be in the top four, probably mm. top three for sure. I don't know. No, you're, like probably, you're probably, you're probably right. Who, who's, Tanner who's, would, it, it, if you're doing it by like national guys, I think Tanner would maybe crack the top four, but people are going to probably, I mean, you got to put JJ McCarthy first. I don't, I don't know who else you could put in yeah. front of him, but I mean, Drew Lars is new. We haven't seen it happen with him yet. Um, and then Number we don't even my know who the Agavailoa. Agavailoa, sure. For, for sure. Like I, I would put JJ one to a two for sure. It's that third one. Is it Tanner Mordecai? Or is it Drew Alar or is it uh, pick Ohio State's quarterback? Like, Kyle my McCord. guess is Kyle McCord will be good, you know, but like that's where the levels are are there. I mean, when you just look at the quarterback spot, this should mean it's a heck of a race with a lot of crazy things happening because there just isn't that many established branded quarterbacks outside of Michigan. Well, I'll tell you this. Whoever starts at Ohio State will have good numbers because when you're throwing to Harrison, it's going to work out for you. But speaking of quarterbacks throwing to people, I, I think I have Cade number one. I said that. Break down who he's throwing to because last year that was a huge issue at Iowa. Uh, for us, as we start previewing the West, let's start breaking down a little bit. What does his weapons look like heading into 2023? 
I mean, much better. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, they were so bad to start the year last year. It doesn't take much to be much better. Um, it, it just a quick situation, you know, coming out of the spring last year, if I can go back a little bit, the receivers looked pretty good. Like, like Iowa fans were, were happy with what we had. And then, you know, uh, um, our, our top wide receiver, we liked Charlie Jones too. Okay. Our top wide receiver transfers. And then four of the next five wide receivers got hurt. I'm sorry, but if you lose five of your six wide receivers in between spring ball and fall ball, nobody's offense is going to explode that fall. So like it was a crazy situation that went down. And even at one point, Laporta got hurt in the year. Um, Now this year, you know, knock on wood, I'm assuming here that there's not injuries, but I feel very good about the tight end spot. Um, We also got Eric all from Michigan, which I think most people know that. And then Luke Lachey. So that's a really good one-two punch for tight end. And then at wide receiver, so I said how I'm not necessarily that high on Cade. I actually like Nico Ragaini more than most people when he's healthy. He is a really good slot wide receiver. And then Caleb Brown from Ohio State. I mean, we got three guys from Michigan and Ohio State's roster. Caleb Brown was a high four-star top 75 recruit when he came out of high school. I mean, this is the highest ranked wide receiver I was had in maybe forever. Um, and then another guy to look uh, look at is uh, uh, Seth Anderson. He was the Big South freshman of the year, Flipper Anderson's kid. And then another guy is Deontay Vines, who I thought looked good at the end of the year. All of those guys, Vines and Raggiini, um, they looked better at the end of the year when they finally got healthy. So now another year in the system, you get some more talent around them. Like, again, I'm not trying to make this sound like we're going to have an amazing, you know, passing attack, but it it's got it's got to be better because it's hard to get any worse than it was last year. And I I think there's some a little bit better established talent if they stay healthy. So to maybe put it in a little bit more context and, and this may be a deep cut. So if you're just sitting there and I not ranking them all the weapons, but if you're looking at Iowa's weapons compared to their contemporaries in the West, are, are they average? Are they yeah, slightly that's... below average? Okay, so around that average, average. mark average cool. but i i don't think there's a lot of receiving crews in the west to scream about you know um like I, i'm pretty familiar with nebraska's receivers i like your top two receivers you know i, I and and if um um and now i'm gonna brain fart uh the guy that left Billy and came kemp. back Billy no, kemp. I, so so kemp i like xavier bats is who you're thinking of there you go kemp i like and Washington. I like those guys are established to me and we've seen what they can do, but, but what could, is Xavier bets in, you know, like it's just hard for me to put any, you know, anything big into what he's going to be. And there's a couple more guys, you know, behind him that are interesting, but we haven't seen it. And then it's, and then that whole thing is for your tight end. So like, to me, if I squint, I can't tell much of a difference between Nebraska and Iowa. Nebraska has two established wide receivers. Iowa has two established tight ends. But outside of that, 
very similar. Very fair. Minnesota, I, very similar. Wisconsin has a lot of new guys. They've got two established guys, no tight ends. Illinois has got questions at wide receiver. So like a lot of time has been spent making fun of Iowa's passing attack and, and, and you know, for just cause. But it, right now, if you look at the Big Ten West, I'm going to, again, put Northwestern at the bottom. I, I'm sorry, but that's just how I see it. But the other six teams, man, I don't know. They they all look pretty similar for, for receiving core. Well, one of those teams in the, the other six is the team that won the West last year and that the Cleveland poll had in the bottom two this year. Um, so give us a little thoughts of what you think this Purdue team is going to look like with Ryan Walters coming over and what he's going to bring in that situation. Because that to me is a huge question mark because he says he's still throwing. Huge. He's still throwing, but what defensive coach do you know that likes to throw the ball? I mean, honestly, it's a great question. I've, I don't know. I, I just, I don't want to come on the podcast and blow smoke. This is a mystery team to me. I'm still building my knowledge through research. Um, I do think there's some talent there that that Brom recruited in. But it is is a brand new staff and quarterback going to make it work? I don't know, man. Like it's it's just it's hard for me to picture a guy that he was a virtual unknown three years ago, comes under Brett Bulma's tutelage. I you can't tell me that Brett Bulma didn't have a lot to do with that defense looking as good as it 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 has. So I just kind of wonder if there's a little bit of wonder boy going on here and that he's going to take some lumps his first year or two coaching in the big 10. And that's, and that's absolutely fair. And I, I like Ryan Walters. I, I, I think he's got to be, I think, I think he's a good coach. I, I agree with Tyler. I don't know that I believe that he's going to be throwing the ball all over the yard when his idea is to play good defense. Yep. Uh, but let's talk about him just a little bit more because yeah, see, I, I hear a lot of people talking about Illinois taking a big step back because Ryan Walters left to go to Purdue. I, you kind of already alluded to it, but I, I think Brett Bielma had much more to do with that defense than than Ryan Walters. And now you got uh, Jim Leonard coming in, being an analyst. Like, I, And they have seven guys returning on defense, almost two out of their three defensive linemen. Uh all their linebackers are coming back. They're, they replaced a lot in their secondary. But this was a stout defense last year that did not give up a lot of runs. Uh, I, I, I think Illinois is going to be another, a good team. And I would, if it wasn't for their schedule, I wouldn't have been shocked if they wouldn't have been a top two or three in, the, in, the, in this poll. Because I, I think Illinois is going to be a much better team than what people are giving them credit for. So, so I guess my question is, is like, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think there's going to be a chance they take a step back without Ryan Walters? My thoughts are pretty much what you just said, Derek. Um, when I talk about the favorites in each division, there's a hard top three in both sides for me. We know who the top three is in the East. In the West, it's Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois. Um, I, I I think they're established. I, I, I mean, there are definitely questions on, on offense, um, but I think they'll have kind of a running back by committee thing going on. Um, what I guess I would question on their defense is not so much Ryan Walters leaving, 
as I do, were they able to clamp down on in between the tackles so well because they knew their secondary was so good? That's my question. Like, were they led by the back to the front last year with that secondary and it helped their deep, their, their front seven look that good. That's definitely part because we have that good of a quarterback and secondary. You, you can do that. So I'm not predicting that it's, it, it's going to be a drastic step back, but I do think there will be a mini step back because I don't know where to go when you're the number, <laughs> number one rated defense in the country, you know, they could be eighth and still take a step back. So I think that's something that I would see, but they have the, their, you know, um, Johnny Newton just lost out uh, for preseason Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year to Iowa's Cooper DeGene. That guy's an absolute stud. I don't know why he didn't go pro last year. He probably would have been a first-rounder. So they will definitely be good in the front seven. Maybe they get popped for some big plays because of new faces in the secondary. But I agree. I think it's more Brett Buell-Maled than it was Ryan Walters. Yeah, I, I, and I agree with you. I, I still think that Illinois possibly has the best front seven out of the Big Ten West, if not the Big Ten as a whole. Their defense was stout. I, I, I don't see them taking much of a step back. But you're right. Going from number one, even if you drop back number two or three, is technically a step back, I guess. But, man, yep. I think they're going to be pretty stout. Um, I don't think there's any question Illinois has the best front seven in the West. It's up for debate if they have the best front seven in the Big Ten along with Penn State and Michigan. And I get it. I, that, that's why I say, I mean, you could probably bring them in the conversation with it, though. Yep. Uh, now, the uh, overall uh, defense, we'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll move on to a uh, little Wisconsin. We've kind of already discussed them, but everybody seems to be picking. They, they are the very trendy pick to be number one. Uh, I, I think they're changing too much, and I, I'm afraid that Phil Longo is not going to use Braylon Allen near to the potential that he should be used because I think they're going to be passing too much. Uh, they're, they're just so much moving around. Jim Leonard left, and they, I, I know that Luke Fickle knows defense well too, but do you think there is a possibility that Wisconsin could really struggle this year with all the changes going on? Absolutely, there's a possibility. Um, I'm going to be a broken record on my answer here, but this is what I keep saying on Twitter on the podcast, in DMs, if people are DMing me, is, listen, I'm not saying Wisconsin's going to be bad. I'm just saying I don't know how anybody can be overly confident that they're going to be good or bad. I don't know what you're going off of. This is an all-new situation. We don't know what this is going to look like. Yeah, and I, to me, if I'm a Wisconsin fan, I, there's got to be a little bit of fear in there, right? I, and maybe it's just the Nebraska mix. I remember going from a Frank Solich to a Bill Callahan or a Bo Pelini to a Mike Riley. And I, and I remember what that transition looked like. And so I, I, to me, that's what this transition feels like. I mean, and, and this, I mean, this question is for all three of you. Have you ever seen a, as a, an example as exact or almost as exact with Wisconsin getting away from their DNA to this as Nebraska getting away from the Solich years to Callahan. Like it's, it's, it's you know, you look at the, uni- you look at the uniforms, you know, and, and, and uh, the Barry yeah. Alvarez touch, you know, and everything like, I swear it's, 
it is literally history repeating itself with Wisconsin. It, it feels like an exact replica. It really Except does. I think that Wisconsin's actually getting a really good college coach. Yes. That that that's the variable. That is the I, I agree with Justin. The, the, it is a play by play of what Nebraska did, with the one caveat that I think Luke Fickle is a great coach. At, at the college level. Really great yeah. point. Yeah. And that's a really great point. But a really great point. But if yep. it three if it three years from now it goes haywire, it's not going to be hard to point to what went wrong. And, and yeah. you know, like I. Sometime over the weekend, you know, I, I did it again. You know, I, I was in a, you know, thread or whatever that, that was about Wisconsin. I just keep saying the same thing. Like, can we say, can we see six games first before we start anointing Fickle and Longo, you know, that they're just going to run over the Big Ten and Big Ten West? Like, I just, I, I need to see something, you know, first. And if, if, it, it, feel, it feels like the Graham Mertz effect. Like, he went a little bit. Illinois. He went into Illinois through like eight touchdowns, and he was the next god of football, and then did nothing the rest of his career. Well, and and, and I'm a big believer, and, and again, Scott Frost, and I know Justin hates Scott Frost, but I am a like I do. A, a lot of people hate Scott Frost, but like I, Justin is a little. All of a sudden, became a little guy. Like he's a fan of these small schools. They should get a shot at the playoffs. I don't think it's the same. It, it is not the same sport go, going from what they compete week in, week out to the Big Ten. It is a whole different turn. The, the competition is so tight in this conference. And again, we talk about the teams that aren't good. And maybe there's a couple teams that are just awful. But week in, week out, you have to be on your A game. At Cincinnati, you have two games a year that you have to get up for. Otherwise, you're going to beat them because you have more talent. And, and I just think that these that that it's going to be a different breed. Justin's laughing right I, now. No, I got to laugh because uh, on Jeffrey the Greek's last podcast, he mentioned like a certain fan base that is now in the Big Ten who used to ridicule the Big Ten. And now yep. they're saying it's such a tough conference now. And I know he was he didn't say it. He didn't call out Nebraska, but he is talking about Nebraska. And Tyler, you just made his point for him. You, you, you picked up on that, Justin. I'm proud of you, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is here is I'm I'm agreeing with everything Tyler says. And and to me, the big dip, there's two big differences when you go from, you know, uh, a G5 to, to the Big Ten. OK, we, we know the talent. Is, is one okay that but you talent kind of equals itself out when you your yourself take over a big 10 uh program what i think is such a big difference is there are the no off weeks are with defense the big 10 plays a lot of good defense that to me is what i think you'll see wisconsin struggle with is in the play callers now from Wisconsin's point of view, the fans, because Derek brought up, you know, are they going to use Braylon Allen? The the message that has just been pumped out and pumped out is that Braylon Allen and the offensive line, they're excited to rush the ball when they don't have eight, nine guys in the box. So that's what they keep saying all the time. And I understand that. I mean, everybody wants, you know, less congestion when you're trying to run the ball. Like that, that's not like a new concept or anything my so my question there is 
what is that passing attack going to look like deeper in the season when the when the weather turns? And then, you know, to flip it back around, we, we talked about Jim Leonard. He's, he's now in Illinois. I'm just shocked at how little people are talking about the fact that Jim Leonard is not in Wisconsin anymore. And that now you're completely switching, you know, this, this, how the nucleus of the team went when it was obviously a run and defensive, you know, dominated team. Is, is it going to be the Wisconsin defense that winds up faltering because of the offense they're running? If that makes sense, you know, kind of like the Oklahoma effect. So, so maybe a parallel is, and I don't know what, how they rank, but if Phil Parker left tomorrow, Iowa, what what's your reaction to what Iowa's defense is going to look like the year after? I I mean I would be I, it would be a sad day it will be a sad day when Phil Parker leaves. What my hope would be is that who's ever taking it over. A lot of people think it'll be Seth Ben the our uh, uh, Seth Benson's our former linebacker our our linebacker coach that would take it over. In that case, I would feel a little bit more confident because it's somebody that's come up through the ranks and would continue along, but that's the, that's the variables we would, we don't know by having this conversation, but if it was going away from Phil Parker to a completely new defense, you're darn right. It would concern me. All right. We got to shift to the Husker talk. We'd be completely fail. If we did not, we're sitting with Jeffrey, the Greek of the eyes on big podcast. You can follow him at Jeffrey, the Greek on Twitter. So Tyler ask the first Huskers question. So I, I am a really big believer in this linebacker core at Nebraska. I think we return a lot of talent. We've brought in some good guys. Um, I, you know, obviously the Big Ten. I think one of the things that it's really known for is great linebacker play. So when you're evaluating these Huskers heading into 2023, how do these Husker linebackers stack up in comparison to the rest of the conference? It's a good question. Again, you guys challenged me with this, so I'm going to kind of do the same thing I've done here in the past. But I, I think there's, I think there's a bottom four for linebackers here, which is Indiana, Northwestern, Purdue, and Rutgers. Okay. Then there's, I think, a top four in the conference, which is uh, uh, the top three. Uh, I, I think I can put Ohio State in there. They're on the line for me. Okay. But definitely Penn State and Michigan. And then I would put Illinois in the top four. Okay, so those are the top four. Now now we've got six teams in the middle for, you know, kind of duking it out. And I would have Nebraska in those six teams towards the top of those six teams, but a little bit more towards the middle or middle top as compared to the rest of the Big Ten. So, so am I drinking Kool-Aid when I will go on the podcast for the next month and say Nebraska has a top five linebacking core in the Big Ten? No, um, but not not but, definite. Uh, not much, but not much higher than not any higher than five. You know, like the the absolute highest I could put them is four, but probably closer to five or six would be where I would have them. And everyone, this is an Iowa guy. So yep. when Justin ridicules me for saying so, that we our linebackers aren't that good and all this stuff. No, no, that's not what I said. I'm okay. high on I am high on the linebackers. I had them better than last so, year. So I mean, obviously, if Luke Reimer and Nick Heinrich are healthy, good good linebackers. Um, 
I know you guys are really excited about MJ Sherman and chief orders, you know, and, and I'm always going to take this stance. I just need to see it first. You know, I've seen the other two get down to the big 10. I mean, they were awesome in 2021, took a step back last year. I know injuries was a big part of that. We'll see how the new faces are part of the reason, the two biggest reasons that I have Nebraska probably closer to that five, six, seven range is, Oh my God. I mean, dude, I, We've got the receipts to prove it. Kurt and I gushed about Ernest Hausman all of last year, or at least the second half of last year. I mean, that dude was, he popped on the screen. Losing him, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, that that hurts. And then the next thing, I, I don't think this is a big, crazy stand or, or take, but what's going to hurt the Nebraska linebackers is the Nebraska D-line. And I'm not too high on the Nebraska D-line this year throughout the season. I think they've got older guys that are mediocre and younger guys that are very talented. I think as time moves on, the the D-line will look a lot better next year and especially the year after. But depth and throughout the season makes me nervous about Nebraska's D-line, and then that directly affects the linebackers. For what it's worth, we did our better, same, worse uh, last week, and when we talked about the defensive line. All three of us had worse for the defensive line compared to last year. So none of us are high on them. I mean, it's yep. – we'll find out a lot against Minnesota, I believe. And my prediction is you'll all have D-line better when you do that podcast next summer. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to all your guys' podcasts. Um my, my guess is you'll have the D-line better because it, it will show out at times this year. The, the young guys will pop, you know, the prince, all right? Maybe he'll be yeah. a king by the end of his sophomore or junior year. But for right now, you know, he, the royal penis is not clean. Yeah, he, he, he's still he's still trying to figure things out. Coming to America. Who does not love that movie? Come on. There you go. Derek. Yep. All right. So – Let's talk a little bit about Matt Rule and this new staff that he's bringing in. Uh, now, there's no, there's really no big secret that he brought in a staff that's not high on experience. Uh, but what is it about this Matt Rule and the staff that's, that would make you scared for other teams? Like, what what is it about them that we know where our talent level is? But what about what? Where is it about the coaching that makes you think that, that could change things this year? So I'll get to that question. The first, first, I got two questions for you guys. Number one, does Matt Rule not look just like James Corden, the the <laughs> driving around the karaoke guy? Okay, right? You laughed. You get it. Better teeth though, right? Better teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then my next question is, who's more cuddly, Matt Rule or cousin Derek? Oh, that's tough. So I know from experience, cousin Derek snores like a mofo. There's no way I'm ever cuddling with cousin Derek. So I'm going, yeah, Matt Rule. As a matter of fact, I would skip both of those for Ed Foley, the special teams coordinator. That dude looks like a damn koala bear. That's just because you want to pick runs out of his beard while he's sleeping. There's a lot of runs in there. All right. Sorry, I just want to have some fun there. Um Anyways, uh, what scares me about Matt Rule, um, you know, I don't know if scares is the right word, but to me, 
I have been using this expression. Uh, there's a, a well-known Nebraska fan on Twitter, and I swear I was the first one to say this, where I, right after Matt Rule was hired, I said something to the effect of there's now an adult in the room. And 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 I've I have been meaning to go back and listen to the last time I was on the podcast where we had talked about the potential coaches that we could get hired. And I swear my guy Derek was not high on Matt Rule back back then. I, or, I was or not, one when, of when that name first came out, I absolutely was like, I do not want Matt Rule. And it was mostly okay. off of his, his professional career, but I just didn't want to go after a fired coach like 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 that. But I understand. The, the more the more I've learned about Matt Rule, I've really come around. And basically, what's he doing? He's doing <laughs> what makes the most sense. You know, he's not off hitting on cocktail waitresses at the clubhouse. Okay, that's a good. That's the first step right there is to just you know concentrate on the football team. Um, and then he's gonna build from the inside out. That that I I am convinced of you know like he's not going to run a old school you know Wisconsin offense or an Iowa offense it's it's going to be a multiple offense but he is a smart enough guy to know that if you don't have an established and deep O-line and D-line all the X's and O's don't mean shit Matt Rule will do what he can as fast as he can to build the lines and also he will be stubborn Okay, in that he won't switch things up, do crazy stuff over and over again. He'll stick to the plan that he knows that works. That is what you severely lacked for the last 10 years. What what I'm Um, I'm really hoping to see is like actual decent second half adjustments. Agree. Because if there was one thing that Scott Frost was bad at, it was second half adjustments. The first half looked exactly like the second half. And other teams always made an adjustment and came out and ended up beating us in the end because we didn't know what to do anymore. If you know, there was I'm only not... one thing wrong with Scott Frost, he'd probably still be here. <laughs> well, that and turnovers. Uh, um, and I, I, that is the hardest thing for me to ever you know, put my finger on is why the turnover margin was so bad under Riley and Frost. Um, I can guarantee you that's something that Rule wants to take care of. Didn't look good in the spring game, but I don't know. It's the spring game. Um, but that that would be the stuff. Build along the lines, work the plan, and win the turnover battle. That That's, I mean, I can guarantee you that's that's three of the, the top five or six tenants that, that Matt Rule has you know, that he says to his team all the time. So Jeff, since you brought up the uh, spring game and all the fumbles that went on there, are we like, what should Nebraska fans really think about the spring game with all those turnovers and fumbles? Should we put, should we weigh a lot or should we just be dismissive? Pretty, I just don't think there's a lot of weight to put into it. So, you know, I don't know if dismissive is necessarily the, the deal. Um, I, I honestly, what would concern me more is not so much the spring game. It's that Jeff Sims has not been the most efficient quarterback at his time at Georgia Tech. Like it, you know, his touchdown interception ratio is is not ideal for the Big Ten. Yeah. And then I think he was able to hide that at times by by running the ball. 
tougher to run the ball in the Big Ten than the ACC without getting it, hurt, and he wasn't able to stay healthy in the ACC. So that's my that's my nervousness with Sims. And and that and that is why I re, I, I couldn't put Sims in my top three right now. I, I the potential's there. Like I think he could be a great quarterback, but he hasn't shown it yet. So it's I, I'm in the wait and see mode with him. Derek, did you have Hudson Card ahead of Jeff Sims? I, I could put him there. Yeah. Who did you have there? I I didn't really rank him because I just okay kind of Hudson Card was yeah. the only one that I could see that could have been above Jeff yeah, Sims. I understand. Yeah. yeah, but we're going off of recruiting rankings and word of mouth with Hudson Card. Um, maybe after three games, it's obvious Hudson Card is better. I don't I don't know. Um, like one of the things like I would talk about with Nebraska that you know Kurt and I will talk about when we do the team previews is there's nothing on the Nebraska team that's bad. If you go by the units, you know, I'm concerned with the D line, but I wouldn't call it bad. There's units in the big 10 Northwestern Rutgers, Indiana that that are bad. I don't see a bad unit on Nebraska, but I see thin units. D line would be my thinnest unit with quarterback being the, the, the second closest because if if sims goes down not a big chubba wubba fan uh and harburg is not ready for the limelight so like it gets really thin there you know and and i I I think casey thompson losing casey thompson was was bad i got sucked i i think losing logan smothers with his experience was as big if not a bigger deal than losing casey thompson because i i know that if if sims went down I know that Logan Smothers could have came in and at least been serviceable. I just didn't expect I didn't expect Thompson to stay. I mean, you could tell right when Sims got on the roster, he was the chosen quarterback for the staff. It just didn't surprise me that Casey Thompson left. No. I would have been more surprised if he stayed. But but Logan Smothers, I was on the fence with him. So losing both of them, I mean, anytime you lose what you think is your second and third quarterback, I mean, it's a big it's a big deal. You could build better depth at running back. It's hard at quarterback. Uh, all right, final topic, and we're going to get you out of here. And this is more of a game. Uh, I want to do a rapid fire, better, same, worse. I want to play this game with the uh, the Big Ten West teams here. So just okay. better, same, or worse. If you want to add a little nugget on why, go for it. If, if you don't want to and save it for your podcast, that's fine too. So – here we go. Awesome. Better, same, yep. worse. Illinois. I got same. Um, I think their defense will be just a just not quite as good, uh, but I think I think they'll be just a little, little bit more dynamic on offense. So just a touch better on offense, a touch worse on defense. But overall, Beetle will have those guys playing. Iowa. Better. Um, the defense will take a mini step back. The offense will take a step forward, not a big step or a mini step, just a nice, solid step forward. The special teams will be even better, um, and the schedule is better. Minnesota. Worse. Um, Maybe the potential for the biggest step forward or back with any team in the West. Um, You don't lose Mo and get better in the rushing attack. They got a lot of questions on defense and OMG, that schedule is brutal. Northwestern. 
Same. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you can get worse than 111. Like you can, but I don't think that they will. But I mean, we have a one and 11, two and 10 season incoming. And, and at two and 10, I think you're about the same as you were at one and 11. Hopefully Purdue. the wind doesn't. Hopefully the wind so. doesn't come against Nebraska this year. No, would be right. the difference. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, no, don't say that. All right, Purdue. Worse, um, uh, unknown, but I mean they they got to Indy last year. Just do not see that too much new faces. Uh, step back. Wisconsin. See now this one's tough <laughs> for me because if you look at because like one of the questions that you guys kind of had down was you know possibility of a down year for Wisconsin. So their last, I'm kind of a last five years guy. Okay. So their last five years, eight and five, 10 and four, the stupid COVID year, four and three, nine and four, seven and six. Okay. So if you, if you take out the COVID year and average the four years, they're basically nine and four or eight and five. Okay. So last year, seven and six, I would say about the same. And I would give myself if they go eight and five, that's about the same, right? Seven and six and eight and five are pretty close. Uh, but it's either same or better would would be my guess. But it's just so many unknowns. Same plus. Same plus. <laughs> that we is can, fantastic. We can make up categories. I mean, it's our show. We that's can do great. whatever we want. That is right. awesome. The uh, last one, Nebraska. Better, same, worse. Better. Um, not going to look the same as far as like style of play and everything. Um, really interested in Tony white. I, I is going to be interesting to see what that defense looks like. Um, look cleaner. That is what I think Nebraska fans want to see by the end of the year. I think you will. Uh, the schedule is gettable. Those first two games are huge. Um, I'm going to be cheering for you against Colorado. I have a bet with a buddy of mine on Colorado's season total. I took the under. So I'm going to need you to win that second game uh, when you go out west. Um, but what those, is, what is the over under for Colorado? We got, we settled at four. It was somewhere, four. Some were three and a half, some were as high as four and a half. So we settled at four. Um, I, I got to pay for dinner for the us and the wives if they if they win five or more. And then I get okay. the dinner if it's three or less. Uh, if it's four, we'll we'll just go out and split it. Um, but uh, so I, I think Colorado's I think Colorado's ass. I'm not just playing to your to your uh, <laughs> uh, listeners here. I I I think Colorado is getting a lot of attention because of you know Deion Sanders, but I think there is major issues when you have that much. So, anyways, long story short, I do expect Nebraska to win the second, third, and fourth game but that first game versus minnesota is is huge um tough for me to see you know you beat michigan so if you can if you can come out of that four and one or even three and two it's just really hard for me to not see you improving on your record from last year to get to five or six wins or seven or eight potentially when you got northwestern a new purdue and a lot of question marks on the schedule michigan state's you know, not, you know, supposed to be that good. I, I think it's a more gettable schedule. So it just seems like it would, it would err towards better. Yeah. You had a wide ceiling and floor for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I think that was the law, lo- the large or widest spread 
of all Big Ten teams when you had your podcast yeah. three or four weeks ago. And and to and to be fair, I would I get a little dramatic when we do when we do ceiling and floor on the podcast because I really think what could be the ceiling and floor. In reality, the percentage for me, I would say there's like an 80% chance that Nebraska is between five and seven and seven and five. Okay. So real, real quick on that, you, you kind of hit on Minnesota. Uh, you know, you said that there, there's a little bit of variant there. They could be worse. They could take a jet step forward. Um, I, I, I don't think miss, I think Minnesota is going to be a good team this year. I, I really do. I, I actually, you know, not the, tip my hand when we do our big 10 West, but I'm going to have them in the top three. But do you have any thoughts that they could end up being a surprise team to take the West? And if so, why? Uh, Here's what I want to say is, you know, if I am a Minnesota fan, okay, I, I would be pretty puffy chesty and getting annoyed if people are, dogging on Minnesota. And I've heard a couple people dog on Minnesota. Okay. You look at, you take the stupid COVID year out the last three years, 11 wins, nine wins, nine wins. I know it's fun to hate on PJ, but folks, I'm sorry. It's he's a good coach. Okay. He's, he's had success since he's been to Minnesota. So he deserves credit and Minnesota deserves some respect that you think they would be good this year. Again, But here's the deal. You start with Nebraska, easy one at home, at North Carolina, Michigan. Then you turn around and go at Iowa, Illinois, at Purdue, at Ohio State, Wisconsin at home. That is tough. So you could be have a pretty darn good winning record. But then you go the last four kicks, the last uh, the, the last kick in the season. Illinois at Purdue at Ohio State, Wisconsin. I don't know. I mean, one and three, oh and four in those games. It's it's not crazy to think. Yeah, that's fair. It's schedule. It's schedule and no mo. <laughs> Dude, I love Mo Ibrahim. That guy was a stud. And I just think it's it's gonna hurt when he's not there. All right, I got one last question for you for an just a little off the cuff question, but uh the Big Ten West, whoever wins it, what's their record gonna be, you think? It's a great question. Um, probably ten and two. Uh, so? The two I would be very confident it's ten and two or nine and three. I hope it's ten and two, uh, but I'd, I'd probably I'd probably say ten and two. But 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 you know it's like a fifty one forty nine to the other record being nine and three. It just feels like such a year where I could see these teams beating up on each other and end up with a like a nine and three or eight and four team in there somehow. Yeah, I mean Minnesota was close to being a nine a, a, a nine or ten win team last year. Purdue, I mean, they just absolutely gave that game away versus Syracuse. Um, you know, I mean, dude, Iowa was two plays away from being a nine win team. You know, like it was more of a crazy situation that there wasn't a nine and ten win team in the Big Ten West last year. So I, I agree with you, Derek. In that, like, when you look at it, it screams a bunch of eight and four teams. I just feel like mathematically, there's typically one team that just kind of winds up separating themselves. So I'm going to ask one last question and then I'll turn it to Justin. Uh, 
traditionally, last at least the last couple of years, I feel like the Big Ten West has been wildly underrated. Like people say, you know, it's a bad division because um, they, they all beat up on each other. There's little parity. You don't have those top teams. Uh, this year, I actually don't have a lot of – I don't think this is a good – I think this is the worst the Big Ten West has looked um, in recent years. I think it's a, it is actually going to be a down division this year. What is your take? Is it going to be a lot of parity because they're all equal? Or is, in fact, this just really just honestly not a good division this year in, in relative I, terms? In re- yeah, I, I think it's more competitive than than bad. Okay. Um, here's the deal. There's no elite team in the West. That that's a fact. Okay. I I do not see an elite team, and unfortunately, I see a really bad team in Northwestern. So so those are the I you cannot escape it. I, I should get Big Ten West like a logo made because I feel like I fight for the Big Ten West more than anybody out there. But I have to be honest. No elite team. Northwestern is is bad. But the 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 other six teams are darn good. Okay. And it is my take that, you know, Iowa beat Kentucky, Minnesota won another bowl game. Wisconsin looked good in their bowl. Like it it sure seems like the big 10 wins a lot of bowl games. The big 10 West, excuse me, wins a lot of bowl games and non-conference games when you would think they would be going like, you know, two and six out of conference in these games, but they don't, it's, it's more the reverse with that um so like they're they're more rugged than they are great but i'm telling you any team that that would come in to play these big 10 west teams would very much learn that that it's they're not as much of a pushover as you think they are so so if i could try to convince you and tell me if you think this is a stupid take you have purdue nebraska wisconsin all taking new coaching changes potentially drastic changes you have uh iowa uh, illinois and minnesota both losing i mean all decade type running backs yep yep i i mean is it i mean that's where i'm at like i'm just like there's a lot of going on in change at big 10 and yes. again it's not like previous years i mean you had mo ibrahim back for a half a decade you had chase brown back for a half decade i mean you had jeff brom there it just it seems to me there's a lot of things going different now in the big 10 west that maybe make it a little bit more on the not good just parody god why can't you end on a high note tyler why do you gotta do that (laughs) here i'll try to end on a high note here's what i would say it's going to be fun that's what i would like to concentrate on like there is a very real chance that we could be going into the last two weeks of the season with four or five Big Ten West teams still being alive to get to Indy. All these talking heads talk about they want, you know, compelling stuff for football. How about that? You know, like, you know, whereas when the Big Ten East, they do they have three elite teams in the Big Ten East, but like it essentially is going to be like, okay, who wins between Ohio State and Penn State? The loser is eliminated. And then you move on to the Ohio State-Michigan game for the most part. Like, that's how it is. Like, like to me, enjoy the elite teams in the East, and I'm glad the Big Ten has them. Enjoy the craziness of the West, teams one through six. To me, that that's fun. That's, that's 
what makes the Big Ten cool. Well, we're just over uh, five weeks away from college football starting, and I can't wait. I know you guys can't, can't wait. wait. So there's uh, you got a lot of great content coming. Uh, tell tell our listeners how they can follow you, your partners, and your podcast. Yep, I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Uh, you can follow the podcast as well um, on uh, on Twitter, uh, Apple Pods, Spotify, all of the pod. Uh, uh, places you can find Kurt is at B1GKURT. Uh, we'll have some special guests as we go through the season that'll help me host. Uh, we'll announce that. Um, we're probably going to have a tailgate for my sponsor, Amador Whiskey, before the Minnesota Nebraska game. I, I can't officially announce it, we don't exactly know if it's going to work out, but there's going to be an attempt. Uh, so please contact me if you're interested in that. Uh, the last two things I want to say is I love you guys, the podcast. I, I seriously listen to to every episode, and I would choose Derek as most cuddly over <laughs> Matt Rule. Absolutely. <laughs> well, come on over, Jeffrey. I'll cuddle with you. What's hey, that? he snores. Snoring be damned. Snoring oh be damned. <laughs> me and Derek have almost come to fist fights. Because somebody is snoring too loud in a room. We Dude, won't I can't deal. together. I can't, deal with, I can't deal with snoring. It's the worst thing in the world. I'll, I'll, I'll purposely get a hotel room on the opposite side of the hotel if I knew, a, if I know a dude is, is, a, is a snorer like that. As a matter of fact, but, Tanner but won't Justin move doesn't with me do, either. So that's the problem. Yep. Yeah. Well, we love having you on, and I do encourage you to get a tailgate for the Friday night uh, Illinois-Nebraska game. I will be in Illinois again. I missed you last time we were there, and yeah. I, I will make it. I will make it work hot. this time. It was damn hot so, last time. Justin, I know, I know you're you're you know basically in Mexico, but Derek, Tyler, none of you are coming up for 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 the uh, to see the Matt Rule coach's first game as a Husker. So the 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 son of a bitch of it is that Justin is deciding he wants to come back to Nebraska to get together and watch that game. So gotcha. we we had I I have talked about it actually even blowing Justin off. He doesn't know this, but in going up there, I had a conversation this last week, but I, I don't know how we'll land there. I mean, who'd you rather hang out with? Justin for the eight hundred and fourteenth time or Jeffrey Degree? Come on. I wanna be I wanna be as clear as him. Yeah, we have an uncle coming from North Carolina and a cousin coming from Florida as well. Yeah, I, I want to be as clear as anything. Gotcha. It, it, hanging out with Justin for the first time, I would choose you. Like, I mean, <laughs> there is no doubt about it. I would rather hang out with Jeffrey the Greek than myself, okay? <laughs> if that says anything. <laughs> oh, fantastic. All right, well, keep us posted on that. That'll be awesome. That would be great. And Tyler... I wouldn't. I would not even be mad if you ditched me. I would not. I'd just say send pics, live stream it or something. I don't know. But uh, all right. Well, big thanks to Jeffrey the Greek for joining us. Special thanks to our producer Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Coastcast on Twitter at Husker Coastcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.